Um, so to this morning, I am playing the role of Matt Moore. I'm the backup quarterback right now. <laughs> uh, I mean, for people who know the Chiefs, you get that joke. But anyways, uh, Bradley, it, it, as we've already said multiple times this morning, is with, is with Sally. So I'm filling in this morning, uh, filling in last minute, trying to play a little uh, backup quarterback. So if it's a little bit uh, all over the place, you're going to have to forgive me, okay? This is, this is like literally as last minute as you can get. I mean, literally front row right before church started writing some things down. So, um, but I do have some thoughts I want to share with you about joy. And so if I had to give a sermon title this morning, just my thoughts about joy. <laughs> and so we're going we're gonna to get into it a little bit, but I do have some scriptures prepared for us. Um, let's start off with reading 1 Peter 1.8, if you want to go to the next, uh, or to that scripture there. Yep, just like that. You know him, even though you have never seen him. Talking about Jesus. Though you do not know, see him now, you trust him, and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. Some versions say uh, joy unspeakable, joy unspeakable. I want to talk about that this morning a little bit uh, in the context of this sermon. God, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you so much for this message. God, I pray, Lord, that, God, we might be in this place, might be struggling a little bit, might be just trying to get by in our week. God, might just be trying to make it as a parent, might just be trying to make it as a, as a brother or sister, might just be trying to make it as a human being. And God, times can get tough, but I pray that in this place we would feel your joy, we would feel your presence with us, and God, that we would be uh, changed by your Holy Spirit. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. So when we talk about joy, um, well, first thing I'll say is this, is the River Church Faith Church, the first sermon I ever preached in this building was on joy. It was, it, was, it, was the, it was Advent two years ago. I preached on joy. Um, that was the first time I ever preached here, and I was a lot more prepared then. I guess if I was thinking, I could have just like went and, and pulled out those notes from a while ago, but I don't even know where they're at. But, uh, but one thing I said then that I still firmly believe now is this, is that there is a definitive difference between joy and happiness. There is a definitive joy between, or di- difference between joy and happiness. Joy is lasting. Joy is long-lasting. Happiness is fleeting. Happiness is only there when your bank account is full. Happiness is only there whenever you have food on the table. Happiness is only there whenever the doctor's report is good. Happiness is very fleeting because happiness is determined by what happens to you. Let me say that again. Happiness is fleeting because happiness is determined by what happens to you. The circumstances in your life will dictate your happiness. Happiness is dictated by, by the things that are around you, not what's within you. But what I want to tell you this morning as, as it pertains to joy is this, is that joy is not about what's around you, but it's about what's in you. I'll say that again because we need to get this in us. Joy is not what, about what happens around us, but it's about what's in you. And what is in you as a Christian is Jesus. What's in you is the Holy Spirit of God. And it's what resides in us that anchors us. It's what's in us that gives us that joy. It's not what happens around us. So so how can we have any sort of joy? How can we have any sort of positive attitude? Maybe that's a better way to put it. How can we have any sort of positive attitude whenever we get the bad doctor's report? How can we get, have any sort of positive attitude whenever we get, 
Whenever we, we get the news of a financial burden coming our way, how can we get any, any positive attitude whenever we have all sorts of hell coming our way? How can we have a positive attitude? The Bible gives us a clear answer. It says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy that only comes from God is our strength. And I, I want to make that quick distinction here this morning. That I believe, and this is my belief, and if you want to be wrong, that's okay. But, man, man, tough crowd, tough crowd this morning, tough crowd. Joy only comes from God. Anybody that is not living in relationship with God through Jesus by the Holy Spirit, anybody that is not doing that cannot receive true joy, true and lasting joy. I believe that. I believe that anybody that's living outside of a relationship with God Anybody that's outside of that relationship will only be living by happiness. How do I know this? Because the Apostle Paul taught us what the fruit of the Spirit is. The fruit of the Spirit is this, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. And so we know that joy is something that comes from God. Joy is something that is a gift from God. It is from the Holy Spirit of God. And if people do not know the Holy Spirit of God, they cannot have the joy everlasting that we're talking about this morning. And so I just want to, I just want to give, just, just give this call out here this morning. If you do not know God, if you're not right with God, you cannot have joy. Now, that's a very direct statement, but I'll say it again. I believe that if you do not know God, then you do not have joy. You just have happiness. Whatever happens to you, the whims of this life will toss you about. James would say that you are like a boat that's being crashed by the waves one way and another. All, that's, all that your life is is being dictated by your surroundings. You have no anchor. You have no joy. But God provides that. The Holy Spirit provides that joy in our life. Everything that we need is found in Jesus, especially joy. And I, I want to, I want to, I want to really hammer this point home. We can have joy because it is Jesus. We can have joy because it's Jesus, but not in a ideological sense, not in a in a thought sense, not not like okay. Yes, I believe that Jesus lived 2,000 years ago. They died on the cross for me. He rose again. Like, like you're not going to get joy out of what you believe, but we receive joy because Jesus is resurrected. And because Jesus is alive forevermore, his Holy Spirit is living and active and moving. And so what I want to tell you this morning is I'm not talking about a God of the history books. I'm talking about a God that is living and active. The Bible says that, the Bible says that, that he is near to us. That, that I'm just crazy enough to believe, am I in a Pentecostal church this morning? Okay, okay, just making sure, just making sure. As, a Pente as Pentecostals, we believe in, in the supremacy of the day of Pentecost, that on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out and that God desires to live and move and work and be with his people, the church, that is the church through his Holy Spirit, and that, that God is not something for the history books, not just facts and numbers and things that we can recite in our Sunday school class, but actually living and once a real life relationship and an active, active involvement in your life. And when he has that, then there is true and lasting joy because Jesus is not just a fact, but a living person, living, breathing, moving, active in your life. And when you have that in your life, when you have Jesus into your life, you have joy. 
along with hope and along with peace and along with love, which is what we'll talk about next week, all four words of Advent are things that Jesus is the full embodiment of. Jesus is the full embodiment of all of these things because this is the character of God and Jesus is God with us. I want to hammer this point home a little bit more. I, I just was thinking about this this morning. Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but they will have everlasting life. They will have everlasting life. Well, John later also tells us this in 1 John. He says that we have received him who is eternal life. And so Jesus says, you're going to receive eternal life. And then John says that Jesus is the eternal life. And so what I want to tell you this morning is just to hammer this point home even further is that whenever we receive this eternal life from Jesus, what we are receiving is the presence and the spirit of Jesus himself. And whenever we, whenever we call out to him and we ask him to come into our life and to be living and active and to be with us in the day-to-day -day operations, we will receive that joy. But we can't receive it if we don't ask him. We can't have it if we don't ask him. And I just, I, I want to make a note uh, on this. Last week I said that, I made the analogy when I'm talking about peace, that, that everybody's looking for peace in the same way that we all look for our car keys whenever we're trying to leave in the morning, right? We can't find where they're at, right? Where are my keys at? And then after 15 minutes of losing our mind, we look in our pocket and it's right there. The same thing about joy. We, we, trials hit, all things break loose in our life. And we're looking for joy. We're looking for, for something. God, I need some, some, some positivity. I need some joy in my life. It's in your pocket. It's right there. It is so near to you. You ever had something like, you know, they say it was right underneath my nose and I didn't even see it, right? That's how joy is sometimes. It's right here. Yet we're looking all sorts of other places for it and we'll never find it there. We only find lasting joy through Jesus, through Jesus. Okay, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, I told you this is going to be a little bit wonky here and there, uh, because also when Bradley told me that he wasn't going to be here this morning, he just sent me like all of his notes. And so I kind of like transposed half of those onto here, and, and, and so we'll just see how this goes. How does, joy, how, how does Jesus bring joy? Because if you're anything like me, you're a true cynic. And anytime somebody says something that sounds too good to be true, you, you search it out. And you're like, what are you talking about? Okay, how, how, what do you mean by this? What do you mean that Jesus can bring lasting joy? What do you mean that Jesus can bring me joy unspeakable? Let's, well, let's get into it a little bit. How does Jesus bring joy? How does a little baby boy being born in a barn to a teenage girl in Bethlehem, thousands of miles away, bring you joy? There's a ghost. I want to talk about that right now. Jesus' name, Jesus has many names, many titles, some that he gave to himself, some that others gave to him, some that prophets spoke over him thousands of years beforehand. And one of his names was Emmanuel. And we sang about it this morning in, in the first song. Um, it's a very famous Christmas word because Emmanuel simply means this, God with us. God with us. One of the very clear teachings of the Christian faith is this, is that Jesus was not just another human, but that Jesus was, 
was was the word of God. The the in the begin when you read your Bible in John chapter one it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. That word is translated as word in English, but the Greek word is logos. It's where we get our word logic, the mind of God. The personality, the character, everything that God ever thought about or said or everything that God wanted to say was enveloped, was embodied in Jesus of Nazareth. I want to lose you in the weeds here. The reason that Christmas is so important, the reason that it's a big holiday is not because Walmart is open at four o'clock on Black Friday. It's not because of your good Christmas deals. It's not because of jolly old St. Nick. It is because God looked at humanity and its sin and its shame and its violence and its, and, its, and its terror and all sorts of sin and all sorts of ugliness and evil. And he said, I'm not going to shy away from that, but I'm going to enter into it. And in Jesus of Nazareth, the little baby boy born in a barn to a teenager, we find that God is with us that God was born in a human body, that God became flesh, that God took on human form, human likeness like you and I, that God became vulnerable, God became a little child. God had to get changed, his diapers changed. I mean, if you think about it, through the whole process, God lived and breathed the life that we live. God is with us. And so what does that mean for us in this place? People who are hurting, people who are trying to get through their nine to five, people who are trying to make it. The writers of Hebrews tells us very specifically that he was tested and tried in every way that we are tested and tried. There is no emotion. There is no situation. There is nothing that that you have been through that Jesus did not also go through. Jesus felt the loss of a loved one. His cousin, John the Baptist, had his head chopped off. Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. Jesus, Jesus faced the temptation that many people feel, the temptation of addiction, the temptation to, to give in to sin. Jesus felt that. Jesus felt that temptation. Jesus felt what it was like to be rejected and betrayed. If, you, if you're in this place and you know what it's like to be, you know what it's like for people to talk behind your back, for people to gossip about you, for people to, to slander you, for people to turn their back on you. You thought you had good friends, but they walked away. Jesus knows how that felt. Jesus walked through all of that yet remained perfect. And so he's called Emmanuel, God with us. God walking alongside us, feeling everything that we felt. And so, so this morning, when we talk about joy, we can talk about it because we know that our God sympathizes with us. Maybe to illustrate this point a little further, I'll say this. If you're, if you're a, a big English person, you will know the difference, that there is a difference between empathy and sympathy. Empathy is me trying to feel sorry for you, although I've never been in your shoes. I've never experienced the same thing that you've experienced. Sympathy is when I've walked the path that you've walked down. And I can feel that pain with you because I've been through the same thing that you've been through. Before Jesus came, God could only have empathy for us. God never knew what it was like to be a human. But now in Jesus, he has sympathy. He understands the testings and the trials 
of what it's like to be human. And so this brings us joy for this one reason, that through what we are going through, Jesus will send his Holy Spirit to you in that moment and he will comfort you. He will be with you. He will, he will restore you. He will strengthen you in those moments when we are facing those kinds of trials and, and suffering of, of all kinds. Jesus sends his Holy Spirit and his Holy Spirit comes and he is with us. We can have joy because we have comfort. We can have joy because we have the comforter with us. Jesus also brings us joy in this respect. Another name for Jesus was the Messiah. The Messiah, the King of the Jews. Jesus was King. Jesus came as a Savior King. And and, and what we know from the scripture very clearly is this, is that as King, Jesus brings healing in his wings, brings restoration in his wings. Jesus, Jesus, it comes to restore all things. And so Jesus, as the king of all things, as the savior, brings forgiveness of sins, brings a right relationship with God. If you're in this place and you call yourself a Christian, you've called out to God and you have asked for forgiveness of your sins. You you, you have called out to God and said, God, I am a sinner. God, I repent. God, I want to know you more. Jesus made the way. Jesus made the way. And now we know God. We know God through the life of Jesus and what Jesus has done for us. So we have forgiveness of sins, a right relationship with God. And this is my favorite, death conquered once and for all. You can say, Walker, we, you know, this, this talk of joy is all good. You know, it's all good. It all sounds nice and dandy. But what about people, what about tragedies? What about people that die? Because people die every day. There's people who right now, as we speak, are, are at uh, Mosaic. And they're probably going to pass away. So where can we find joy in that? Where, where, where is there any joy in tragedy or suffering or any, anything like that? Where is the joy in that? The joy is found on the third day. The joy is found on Easter Sunday. The joy is found, as I already said this morning, that death could not hold him. And so, so as, as Christian believers, what we believe is that whether God gives us the miracle that we're praying for or whether we pass on. Either way, we will experience the victory. Either way, we will experience the victory of God because of what Jesus has done. Jesus has busted down the doors of death in Hades once and for all, and that is a reason to be joyous. That's a reason to be joyous. That's why when people, people I'm, man, I used to be around Christians that, that would be so afraid to go into the darkest parts of, of the town, you know, people, people talk all the time about, about, you know, bad parts of town. Maybe there's, there's crime. Maybe there's, there's more of a chance of violent activity. Listen, I don't care because I'm never going to die anyways. Seriously. And so much of Christian fear, so much of our fear becomes, comes because we don't really believe in the life everlasting. A lot of our fear comes because we don't really believe that Jesus has conquered death. But if you get it in your soul that Jesus is resurrected and he is the resurrection in life and because he was resurrected, you will be resurrected also. You get that in your spirit, it will change the way you think. There's no fear in sickness and death. There's no fear in talking to the people that might hurt you. There's no fear in evangelizing to those kind of people because we know where we're going. I know where I'm going. I know that, you know, you can't hurt me. Because even if you do, even if you kill me, I know where I'm going. 
know where I'm going. And that is our joy. Our joy is that even through death, we come out on the other side. Come out on the other side. Okay. I want to talk about some really practical ways. I do want to land the ship here because it is letting loose outside and I don't want you guys to have to uh, drive in any more snow than you have to. And so I will, I will start to land the ship here. I want to go to, to Habakkuk. Uh, some of you may didn't even know that was in the Bible. Habakkuk chapter 3, uh, 17 through 19. Uh, Gabby, if you could go to the next one there. Um, Good. So Habakkuk was a minor prophet, but he wrote this, and I want to talk about this in the context of joy this morning, and I want to talk about how we can experience this joy in in a deeper way. Listen to what he says here. Um, If you're not a farmer, which I'm guessing most of you aren't, uh, the, the metaphor may not strike as deep, but we've all experienced loss. And Habakkuk here is talking about loss that he's had. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms... And there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty. In other words, even though everything that I wanted to go right has gone wrong, I will do this. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. Listen, church, the one piece of advice I want to give to you this morning before we go, that the key that, that you can experience this kind of joy we've been talking about this morning, joy unspeakable, the joy of the Lord that can be your strength is this, is that what Habakkuk teaches us here is that even when everything else is going wrong, I'm going to praise the Lord anyway. Praise is your key to joy. Praise is your key to joy. In my, in my darkest moments, whenever I'm feeling anxious, whenever I'm feeling afraid, whenever I'm feeling like no peace, no, nothing in my life, nothing of that sort, when you start to praise the Lord, things begin to change. When you begin to say, yes, I will, lift your name high in the lowest valley. I love that song. We, everybody in this church loves that song. Why? Because it is a proclamation that even in whenever the, everything else is going wrong, I'm going to praise God anyway. I'm going to lift his name high anyway because I know that when I do that, there is something supernatural. Call me crazy. I don't care. There is something supernatural that happens whenever you choose to praise God despite your circumstances. And that is true joy. That is true joy. It doesn't matter what's going on around me because I know what's in me. I know what's inside of me. I know that inside of me is the spirit of God and I'm gonna praise him. I'm gonna lift his name on high. I don't understand everything that's going on right now. I don't don't see the end picture. I don't see see what tomorrow's gonna bring. I don't know anything that's gonna happen and and that scares me to death. We are so afraid of the unknown, right? I mean, that's at the end of the day, that's what fear is all about is the unknown. But in the midst of the unknown, in the midst of the fear, I am going to praise I'm going to exalt his name because I don't know what my future holds, but I know who holds the future. It's the Lord. And so even in the midst of all these things going on around, we can have peace beyond all understanding, as I talked about last week, and joy unspeakable. Joy unspeakable. Remember, church, um, 
I'm sorry, this message has been kind of all over the place, but I do want you to remember a few things. These, I, I try to break these down into like little like, you know, Facebook status type lines or like uh, Twitter, Twitter 140 characters, right? <laughs> Happiness is what happens to you, but joy is what's happened in you. And that is the spirit of God that dwells in you. That's what's in you. It's what's in you that matters. Not, what, that, not the storm that's brewing around you but it's within you. If you need an analogy, if you're, if you're a word picture person like, like me, think of a hurricane. In the very middle of the hurricane, there's the eye. And the eye is calm as can be, right? There's, there's, there's all the calm is in the middle. Yet there's this fierce brewing of a storm all around that's bringing all sorts of destruction. As a Christian, that's what, that could be a picture of our lives. There's all sorts of things going on around. But in the middle, that's where the peace is. That's where the joy is because that's where Jesus is, right in here, right in the middle of your life. So if you don't have joy in this place, first off, if you don't know God, you won't be able to know joy. And so I pray that before the service is over that you would commit your life to him, that you would say, God, I take my life because I want to know the joy that you have to offer. But if you are a Christian in this place, you have joy right under your nose. It's right there. Jesus is his name. He's with you, never left you nor forsaken you. We call out to him this morning. I'm gonna ask if, uh, if, if John and, um, I'll just ask Miles again, Miles, if you'll help him serve communion. This morning we're gonna partake of communion. And Jesus said this, or sorry, the Hebrew, the writer of Hebrew said this about Jesus. He said, for the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. We've been talking a lot about joy this morning. Joy was something that even in the face of the cross, the cross was the, the, the worst thing that ever happened to Jesus, the worst day of his life. He still clung to joy. The Bible says that the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. And so this morning, I don't know what you are holding on to. I don't know what situation you are facing, but cling to joy. Cling to joy. Jesus clung to joy as he endured the cross. And that's why we have the juice and the bread. It's to symbolize what Jesus did for us, was the, the sacrifice, the salvation that we have in Jesus. In the midst of this cross, Jesus clung to joy, and that's why we can too. We can cling to the joy that God has for us. That joy was you and I, knowing that he was making a way for us to be right with God. And so now we're going to come and partake of communion. I'm going to ask that as you partake, uh, we're going to all take together at the end, but as you, as you grab it from them, I'm going to ask that you would cling to joy this morning. Whatever it is you're facing, whatever it is you're going